When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that enables your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. All right, we are in the heart of the earnings season. Uh, you guys know all the big companies that were reporting last night. We will cover as many earnings reports as we can today. Before we do that, before I throw it to Joel, just do me a solid and hit that thumbs up button on your screen. We'd appreciate that. Thumbs up to you, Dennis. Thumbs up to you, Joel. Um, that being said, there we go. Thumbs up for everyone. Everyone gets a thumbs up. You get a thumbs up. You get a thumbs up. Joel, do we have the charts? We do have the charts. Tell us what is doing this morning in the overnight trading session. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> good morning. Holy, there's energy there. That's my stop. Spencer has been firing me up with those good mornings. So morning. Think, yes. Good morning. Oh, and I, and I neglected to mention that we've got the small cap conference today. So a lot going on today. What's All up? right. Uh, we're in the red uh, somehow, down four and a quarter. Had a week close. Uh, pre-market high. Will we see that? It's 76 and a quarter. Nothing up there. Uh, pre-market low, 56.50. And I really got nothing down there either. Should be an interesting day. Uh, crude down 90 cents at 83.75, but who knows? Ooh, working on an inside day. Gold loses 1800, down a buck 60, 1791.80. Silver in the red, ah, let's just call it flat there at 2407. Bitcoin public choking under Bitcoin ETF down 3,335 at $38,640. And we have uh, Ethereum in the red, too. Same percentage, oh. 228 and a quarter at 39.87. So Triple D wow. did an amazing trade last night wow. in Berkshire Hathaway. <laughs> Class A. <laughs> Way to go, Triple D. I don't even bring that Berkshire. The, the A, I trade the B all the time. The A, I don't even bring it on my screen for scared of a keystroke error or my kid walks into the room and accidentally buys it or something. I don't even bring BRK.A on the screen usually. So, no, I don't trade BRK.A. I've never made a trade in BRK.A. It is way too thin to trade. Relationships. You should do the ARB between There's the people A that the... do the ARB. There is people that do the ARB. Remember? Yeah. The back you there, know what? I know a guy. Because you can turn the A's into B's. So, there is people that do that Listen ARB. But that ARB is too – it's too wide. The spread is too wide, and somebody learned that the hard way last night because right. the spread last night, somebody decided to pay the after-hours spread. Don't do that. Okay, give us the details. But just before we give the details, and I'm not going to give the name of the person or the trading group, but during the financial crisis, they made a million bucks on an ARB trade in Brick A and Brick B. Oh, I don't doubt it. Yeah. I mean, you think about the, you know, during the flash crash too, there had to be some people who were doing really well, you know, the inefficiency traders, because it was inefficiencies everywhere. But the Burke A, Burke B, Burke A is hard to get filled on. It's so wide, the spread. I mean, you're talking, you know, a stock that is 100 or $200 wide, but after hours, 
The spread currently, this is why you definitely don't trade Burke A or Burke, Burke A after hours. Burke B's got you a pretty good spread. Burke A, if you trade a pre-market after hours right now, the spread on Burke A, and this is why we don't touch it, um, is the spread is $150,000 a share. The best bid is way down at $427,000. The best offer is way up at $595,064. It's got over $150,000 spread. So on one share, it's 150 grand, the difference between the bid and the ask. It closed at $437,890. So we know this trades right off Burke.B. You don't have to speculate where this is going. You can use Burke.B as your indicator. But Burke A is so thin, it's really hard to trade unless you're a professional. All right, well, so much for going in order today because uh, I, I had this peg for the end of the hour, but that's okay. We'll do it now. So here's what happened. Joel's excited to get to Berkshire Hathaway Class A shares closed yesterday at $438,000. Then 15 minutes after the close at 4.15, three trades got filled. Three, three individual one-share trades happened at $661,504. Yeah, so so we can't. Wow. We never know. We we'll never know one hundred percent what actually occurred because we don't know who the buyer is. We don't know who the seller is. We don't know, you know. But we can speculate. First, we see the trades occur on Finra, the Finra Trade Reporting Facility. We know all your off exchange market makers report to Finra, so this didn't happen on a regular regular exchange. It's happened off exchange. That's why I tend to think it was probably a retail trader. Second is probably somebody who didn't know what they're doing. They're just coming after hours and it's like, oh, I want to buy that Burke A and they just bought the offer. So I'm assuming just as right now, the, the best offer is way up at $595,000. The best offer probably on BRK.A last night was $661,504. So somebody just said, okay, I'll buy the offer. And they sent the order through their system and some off exchange market maker actually filled them up there. To almost over $200,000 higher. So you can quickly see $220,000 higher to be precise and where the stock closed. So they did it three times. One, one, one. I see 16 now. I see 16 now. 16 what? 16 shares traded there. Oh, I have what? one, one, one. I don't see 16 oh, shares. Yeah, okay. Oh, you're seeing that that's the volume in the bar. There was 12 shares of trade of 437890 okay. at the close. Okay. So that's what you're seeing. There was one, three shares. One, one, one. So, but to be added those out, they're losing 220, 220, 220. Somebody's lost $660,000 in all likelihood to some off exchange market maker that filled them up there. I mean, is it the off exchange market maker's fault? They're lifting the offer, the best offers there. They have the right to match the best offer. It's within the rules. But, you know, a couple lessons here. One, don't even trade Burke.A. Don't trade it. It's too wide. If you want to trade Berkshire and get exposure, trade the Burke.B. It's the liquid one. It's the one you, it's got an offer at 291.30 to 291. It's got a tidy little 30 cent spread. Trade the Burke.B, not the Burke.A. Two, if you're trading after hours or pre-market, um, you've got to be very aware that a lot of stocks don't have much of a market at all. There's sometimes no bid, no offer. So you've got to be very aware that, you know, you could be buying at a really bad price. Don't just lift the offer thinking that's the best price. Wait till the open. You know, wait till the stock opens at 930 and then liquidity will be in there and there'll be more liquidity. Burke A is always thin, but it's not that thin. Right now, like I said, it is very thin. So one, don't trade these thin stocks after hours. Two, don't don't even trade Burke.A. Try, I'm hoping you guys, listen, don't trade, trade the Burke.B. It's the, it's the liquid one. 
Don't trade the illiquid one because bad things happen. I believe it is above 20%. If the trader calls calls their broker, they can probably get at least a price adjustment on those. Yep. I don't see a bust on the tape. I don't know if they still show busts on the tape. I haven't been seeing them lately. They used to show up as zeros afterwards. Um, so I don't know if the trade actually got busted or not, but it's above 20%. So if the trader was to call, if you are the trader that bought the stock at $661,504 and you just happen to be listening to pre-market prep, call your broker and ask, say, hey, what the hell? And ask for a, either a price adjustment or a complete bust because that is uh, above what a clearly erroneous policy would say. Okay, and then after you do that, email me, spencerisraelbenzinga.com. We'll get you on the show. We'll talk about it. <laughs> if you're the trader. And we're going to try to save you $660,000 because you went one, two, three, two twenty, two twenty, two twenty. You bought way too high because the stock's going to open probably right around where it closed because we can see where Burke.B is trading. It's only trading up 0.14%. So it's going to trade right about flat. So it's going to open around $438,000. So you paid $223,000 too much for those three shares. So call your broker. But I mean, this stuff happens. So again, the, the moral of the story here is if you're a trader, be careful trading pre-market after hours. You want to know where the stocks close. Don't start paying 50% above for a mutual fund because you're, you're guaranteed to lose money on something like that. And then two, Burke.A is just too thin for anyone to trade. I don't trade it. you know. And I think most of our traders in our firm don't trade. There is some people who do the ARB. Um, but I'm like scared. I don't even like having it on my screen, to be honest, because if you accidentally bought 100 shares, it'd be like, oh, one share is 661,000. 10 shares is $6 million. 100 shares is $60 million. <laughs> That's a scary thought. You know, like, oops, I bought 100 shares. That's $60 million. So yeah, I don't like having it on my screen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if, uh, if you're trading on Robinhood and you did that, then uh, you should uh, consult your broker. I, All right, call, you know, if you can call your broker, I don't know. I'm <laughs> sorry. Some of these guys don't answer the phone, but we went yeah. over, we went out of order. Yeah, it's okay, but sorry, you, it's pretty, but you were excited, so it's okay. I, I, that I, is definitely not best execution. We'll say that. Say that. Well, right. then maybe they did get price improvement. Maybe because the offer was really at six sixty one. You know what the you know what the sixth thing is, Joel. Is if the best offer, and I'm not saying it was, if hypothetically the best offer was $661,505 and they filled this order at $661,504, they'd say they gave that retail and trader a dollar worth of price improvement. So that actually would show up positively on the six uh, on their on their six oh five ports. So that's how much, you know, price improvement, you know, I, and obviously you've got to look at, you know, what best execution is, you know, I've argued to the SEC and I, I've argued to, to the regulators before about, you know, let's get some more transparency. First, we should get some more transparency in the FINRA tape. Secondly, price improvement isn't always what it's all cracked up to be. You can say you get billions of dollars worth of price improvement, but I've argued before, if you were to take some of those orders and actually bring them to the exchange, some of the hidden liquidity you actually might do better on and is the best NBBO is the national best bid in the national best offer the best benchmark anymore with so much liquidity sitting in between i mean for example talk about a stock like amazon the best up bid right now uh, that is posted is 33.73 but there's an odd lot at 33.72.90 so you know that's you know and there's also an odd lot bid at 33.69.65 even though the best offer is showing it just changed on me so as i'm giving the example but I'm just saying the odd lot liquidity isn't included in there. So there's odd lots in between the bid and the ask, which would fill you at a better price. Maybe Google's a better example. Right now, if you bring up Google, it's showing you the best bid way down. I'm just bringing it up at $2,779.65. The best bid is really 
$2,782, higher because there's five shares bid. So if you just want to you know, pick up $10,000 worth of stock, an off-exchange market maker can fill you way down to $2,779.65, even though there's a bid on an exchange three points higher. That's something to think about. Someone to think about. All right, I was so excited today. I forgot to even mention that Eric Kroll is our guest today from the Lifecycle Trade. We're talking year-to-date uh, IPO performance, great. best and worst IPOs of the year, IPO trends for the year, SPAC trends for the year. This guy's great. This yeah. guy's incredible. Yeah. He does. Yeah. Eric's good. He does more homework than anybody on Wall Street. Okay. Uh, all this being said, let's bring it back, or let's go to the earnings here. Uh, where would you like to start with regards to earnings? We can go AMD. We can go. Mr. Softy. Mr. Softy. Okay, yep. that's fair. We can. I. I'm open. I'm. I'm. I'm open to it. So, all right. Microsoft reporting last night. EPS. Uh, they crushed it. Two dollars twenty-seven cents versus a two dollars seven cent estimate. Sales also completely crushed it. Forty-five point three versus forty-three point nine billion dollars. So uh, a huge beat uh, on the top line. A huge beat on the bottom line. Uh, Azure, right? Cloud growth up. 48% year over year. Uh, they also guided uh, uh, some reserve growth on, on the call. That was strong. Uh, what else did they say? Cloud revenue uh, higher. Business processes revenue higher than estimates. PC revenue higher than estimates. It. I don't even know if they said anything that wasn't good on, on this call. It, it was, was the guide up, though. The stock actually wasn't up much. And then they did guidance an hour after the original earnings release there. It was, um, on, it was on the call. On the call, exactly. And they raised guidance on the call. And that's really where the stock started to blast off, or if you consider four points of blast off. But that's where it was kind of flat going into the call. Right and here. then on the call, they raised guidance. They raised sales guidance. And then they popped the stock. So new all-time highs. Yeah, so, Microsoft full disclosure on the long-term account not going anywhere. Um, that's good news. Uh, but you know, it's kind of in in this earnings season. What was the expected move? I never even looked at that. That would be an interesting. Uh, I, I, yeah. I don't know, but real fast, the, the the guidance that they gave on the call, they guided for their total revenue for uh, uh, for the quarter for the current quarter to be between fifty point one and fifty one billion dollars versus a 48.9 billion dollar consensus estimate there so yeah strong earnings strong guidance there's really nothing more to say about it i don't really know what the expected move was but eight bucks it was almost eight dollars it was uh seven dollars and nine eighty five cents so i just rounded up there a little bit so it was eight bucks the expected move so how we do that we just go to the 310 the closest strike and grab the puts and the calls and look at them on the weeklies and that's how you get it so it's Eight dollar expected move, so not you know obviously. And if we look at the range, and we've had CC on there, and I mean CC knows his stuff. You know, look where it got to, Joel. We're saying the eight dollar expected move. Where is the top out? Right, right above the expected move, and then comes back in. And what CC uh, was on the show saying is, you know, you can draw it out. And when you have the expected move, it seems like when these things are trading after hours, it kind of gives you a range, and they have trouble unless they really blow it away or really miss to get outside that expected move microsoft right in there right uh and then i did uh i did my spencer uh imitation now i'm gonna do my dennis imitation okay if you're trading at 4 a.m okay (laughs) and you want to buy a stock that has good news on it be careful because you can get some really weird prices at 4 a.m the first print was 316 
But I bet you it went up to 319. And you know what? I bet you it did it in three minutes. Did it do it in three minutes? Anyways, it goes to 319. No, it actually took 369. Just slightly above the expected yeah. move. Yeah, slightly above the expected move. And then plow. Uh, so I don't think you're going to be getting back up to that area. Hard you to could. get above it. It's going to be hard. It's going to be real hard. I I don't know. There's really no numbers up here. Uh, I, the only thing I can give you is support, and uh, that's 312.40. Uh, that was the all-time high uh, from yesterday. So if you're looking for a gap fill, you better get out there at 1250. On the upside, I'll just have to – looks like you got a seller at uh, – 316 right now but that's only based on the last half hour it's such a good exercise and we're just going to say it again we're a teaching show here we try to teach as much as we try to give stock opinions so you know we're trying to teach and it's such a good exercise if you are going long or short into an earnings report to know what the expected move is because if you knew the expected move was eight dollars going in there you're thinking it's going to run into resistance up there around 318 and then lo and behold after hours it works like a charm it goes through it a little bit buy a box thinner volume, but then comes right back in. So you expect to move tens to hold these stocks in. Doesn't work 100% not of the time. Always, not but always. if it works 52 or 53% of the time, it is an edge. And that's what you have to understand as a trader. You know, you just live in law of averages. And if you have an edge of 2 3 4%, you can make money with that in the long run. Nothing works 100% of the time. Nothing works 0% of the time. It all falls in with between 0 and 100. But, you know, if you're at 50 and it's working half the time, exactly half. It's not much of an edge, but it's working 53% of the time. It's an edge working 55%, 60% of the time. It's a good edge working 70% of the time. It's a kick-ass edge. So I would say more often than not, those expected moves, those stocks stay within those expected. Real quick, just to reiterate what Dennis said, to get the expected move in a stock, you you go to where the closest close, where it was, right? And uh, it closed pretty close to 310. You look at the weekly calls and the weekly puts and you add them up. They They probably are pretty close to equal, right? And you add those up. Four and four is eight. So that's the expected move. You add that to 310, your expected move was 318. Oh, wait, hold on. So so in this case, Microsoft closed at 310. You go yes. to 1011. Yeah. So what? Very close to 310. It closed at 310. So very close to 310. So we go to the 310. You go to your options chain. You find the corresponding weekly options at that closing price of product. Call and the put. Right. The call and the put. You add those up. And that's where you, that's how you it's get it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, because if you bought the put and you bought the call, right. you participate in both directions from 310 exactly. Oh, and actually, to be more specific, you add the bids up. To be even more specific, you add, yes. you, you add the bids up at the, at the money. Not call. the bid. I, you, 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 we're not the even last. The bid. I'm sorry. You, you, you could look at the middle. You got almost middle right. it because yeah. it was 375 right. to 4. Right. You know, we're ballparking. So that's why I say about 8 bucks because, you, you know, it's 390. So the, the 310 put. Closed 390 to 420. That was the closing bid ask price. Closed last at 410. But you can't necessarily just look at the last price because maybe it hasn't right. traded. Maybe it's a thinner stock that hasn't traded for weeks and it's just got a bid in the ask. You kind of got a middle where the bid in the ask is. But in Microsoft's case, those are pretty active calls. Very books, active. So you can just grab it. So, you know, you ballpark it, it's eight bucks. And I just want to, just one last thing, we can move on this. Conversely, if it would have been a bad report, right? And they would have hit Microsoft. If you're using the same scenario, theoretically, 302, 301, 302 could have been support based on this. 
just using it on the upside and the downside. So I hope that uh, CC was on our show last week and he just went, you know, you take $8, add eight, 318, subtract eight, 302. There's your range. Simple math. Potential, you know, that's where you're going to run into you know, support. There is probably 302 at the expected move and 318. Again, it doesn't work 100% of the time, but if it works more than 50% of the time, it's an edge. And I think it works well more than 50% of the time. Isn't it that saying that 60% it works 100% of the time? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, from Anchorman. 60% okay. of the time it works. Oh, okay. Uh, again, again, where would you like to go? We could do AMD. You're the we, producer. We, well, would I, I put the little thing up on the right? What we're well, supposed to do? Yeah. Well, we, we don't follow it though, Joel. So that's why they yell at us. Mitch well, yells I, in the background. Well, He's like, yesterday, find... Mitch, you should have seen the Mitch in the background yesterday. Mitch is like, you guys aren't even looking at this. this, 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 this thing <laughs> on the right. You're not even looking. I'm like, is there something on the right? I don't ever look at it. <laughs> okay. Okay. I, all right. Fine. Well, let's just do, we'll do it. Let's do AMD. We'll do AMD because it's the first one on my list here. All right. So <laughs> that's why I picked that. AMD. Hey. Um, again, same story. Oh, right. Less. I've, I've, Joel Joel criticized me for not using our dock anymore. So I use the dock and Joel's nowhere to be found, but it's not the here nor there. Uh, AMD reported last night, same story. Like they crushed it. EPS beat 73 cents for 67 cents. Let's get the chart up here. Uh, sales 4.3 versus $4.12 billion. They did also raise their, or they sorry, they, yes, they, they raised their fiscal year sales guidance. Um, to 65% year-over-year increase from 60% year-over-year prior. Um, they reiterated their gross margin guidance. Uh, so, again, a beat, a beat, and a raise is the story here. Um, Not a great reaction. Well, Joel, the problem is look at what the stock has done. <laughs> and we talk about expectations. It We're ran. like a broken record here. But here in 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, in the last 14 sessions, we have went from $100 even when we had that great support level that we talked about multiple times on the show to yesterday's close, $122.93. So the stock is up 20% in less than a month. It had high expectations going into this report. NVIDIA has been ripping and ripping and just ripping yesterday too. So huge expectations going into the report. A little trouble, a great report, a little trouble getting over that high bar. So does that mean, you know, AMD is going to tank here today? Not necessarily, but it's just such a high bar that it's not ripping on it. Let's see what it does at 930. I'm not going to make any call on this until he starts seeing, you know, the action when the real liquidity comes in at 930. Uh, pretty comfortable with this one. Uh, pre-market highs, 124 and change. So that's your, your you know, minor resistance. Trying to defend the low from yesterday, 122.58, the pre-market lows. There's a buyer here at 122. I don't know if he's going to be there during the regular session. But I'm looking at this. This holds 122. Boom. You go up. You test that old-time closing high at 22.93. And then I don't know about getting up to the high from yesterday. That's a, a big a big, uh, a big, big bar to clear, a big hurdle to clear. On the downside, I don't want to be long What if it takes out 122 with your money, Dennis, because uh, I see a, a decent drop to the parallels at 118.50. That's what I'm looking at. Still love stock. We still have it is. this time of year coming in November, December is historically good for the markets. On any significant pullback, AMD will find buyers, I believe. All right, let's go to Alphabet here, Google. Uh, I feel like a broken record this morning, but, uh, I mean, they beat on their EPS. They beat on their sales. All their all their segments in terms of revenue from services, Google Cloud, 
Uh, those are the two main two, uh, the two biggest ones. Services came in above uh, estimates. The revenue there, cloud came in in, in line with the estimates. Uh, other bets, which is so so sm- such a small part of the company, it's almost barely worth mentioning. But, uh, but you know, whatever, slight miss on that. But it's a it's a fraction of the company. But certainly, the cloud and services came in above and in line. Um, YouTube growth was 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 strong. They talked a little bit about the hits that the Apple Store uh, privacy thing is is uh, how that's affecting them, but they didn't really say too much about it other than that they're still trying to figure it out, really, from what I saw. Um, I, I think there are some people saying that their cloud growth was, even though it was in line, in line is not good enough, but I mean, this was like, a re- I, I think I saw it was their biggest year-over-year revenue increase in 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 years dip was already bought yeah i mean they already came in the stock was down 60 dollars last night it's now down and you'll see it down 15 if you're looking at goog but i can tell you the best is way up at 2787 it's actually only down six bucks right now so i'm unbelievable unbelievable they come back in quickly to buy the dip so this market if you're under invested money manager and you want good companies you're using the opportunity to buy those on the dip certain companies you're staying away from value stocks the google is valued at a reasonable price but technology stocks are still hungry for some of the value stocks are not as hungry for so um you aren't seeing those dips get bought as quickly but google is a company that everybody likes still obviously firing on all cylinders here report was okay they used the dip last night to already buy it does it really go down there i don't know facebook we have some precedence because facebook obviously dipped and then it ripped and then it Redipped yesterday so it'll be an interesting day for google full disclosure i am still on google in the long-term account i have no intentions of selling my google anytime soon i've had it for a decade there is an unsubstantiated rumor you know how they're supposed to have letters you know they were going to buy a company with um every letter remember that remember they <laughs> okay. yes there, there's unsubst- making something up i think no, no, there's an unsubstantiated rumor Not. that they are going to buy pre-market prep <laughs> so to, don't- to fill the p Yes, but doubt it has. I thought Twitter it, was going to buy us for our bird. Uh, no, because our bird is early bird gets the worm and it goes up and down. They, they're just <laughs> our bird's like better. That. Our bird moves and it picks the worm out. Their bird okay. doesn't do anything. Um, our bird is superior to Twitter's bird. Alfred Estrella was listening very accurately to my very accurate support call in Google on at the close show. Ooh, and nice. I just mentioned yeah. these, these three, four lows in this area. And I said, you know, that's good enough for me. This low here was 37.25. And what did we get to? We got to 27.24. Wow. Funny how that works. So that's why levels sometimes work, point. Joel. Yeah. All right. Alfred, I hope you did okay on that one. Uh, resistance at the close right now. I mean, that's just because it's down 1544. Is that a great number? I don't know. Still trying to digest this whole break and hold this 50% retracement. So this holds 2780 a couple more days. I'll get real bullish Google here. All right, let's let's go to Twitter here quickly. Uh, this one was actually a, kind of an uneventful report when you when you stack it up next to Facebook and Snapchat. Uh, the revenue growth was in line. Their daily active users were in line, uh, and they they said that the the, the effects of uh, the Apple uh, privacy changes uh, they've they've largely uh, they've largely avoided them. That's where the big statement was too, and yep. so they didn't get snapped. 
Yeah. So as long as you don't get snapped, you're okay. The, the the report was fine. It passed the low bar that snap, and I mean snap lowered the bar substantially for Twitter. And obviously, um, you know they got over that low bar, so that's the good news. The bad news really here is. I don't see this getting away. Dan Nathan said last night, he maybe said it the best. He says, you know, I kind of like it, but he's like, I don't see it getting away from you. And I kind of see the same thing. I don't see it rip roaring five, six bucks here at this point in time. There's some concerns, obviously. Um, I, I think it's just going to kind of hang in here for a bit. So I'm not interested. It's like, yeah, no trade for me. Uh so I talked to Sean because, uh, you know, Sean, you know about this stock. And I'm like, eh, you know, I'm just. I really, I'm just, I had it in a portfolio for a long time and I was thinking of selling it. And he goes, okay. He goes, well, what what are you going to put the money into? Oh, that's uh, a problem. And, and I'm like, that's a problem. Like, what mm-hmm. am I going to buy up here? Mm-hmm. So held it to the report. Uh, I don't know who hit this under $57, but I don't know what they were looking at. They all uh, goes. Yeah, they all goes. I will say right now. If I was looking to sell this today out of my long-term portfolio, which I'm not, I'd be looking at the $64 area. The reason is, is you you hit that on the reaction number, and then you got a high up to 64.47. That's your three-day high. Uh, so that's that's what I'm looking on Twitter. Nothing special. Uh, support. I mean, if you come down, if you're shortening, it comes down to the close. You may want to try and bring it in at that level. Oh, the dad joke of the day. Dads love saying. People don't know how to drive in this town in every town that they're in. Is that is that what your dad says? No, no. I mean, I've said like yeah. in, in I this, say it in, in, I guess in this I'm a state. Dad. In this state, uh, I, I, I oh state, out, okay, state, out, but, but town. Okay. Well, actually, Michigan drivers aren't that bad. Maybe it's because we have Missy the Lodge. I haven't been on that in a couple of years, but man, they fly on the Lodge. That fifty-five is like a hundred. Because no one's ever going to get pulled over. Uh, all right, <laughs> I, I flew on the lodge for years. Like at 55, we always took it out there, and obviously it was 20 miles from the border out to the Detroit office in Southfield. And there was mornings I couldn't even remember the drive. You just like bananas when you do it for that many years. But I don't know anybody that drove the Lodge 55. Like, I think I drove, like, I always try to keep it under 80. So, like, 79. I, 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 I thought that the they lodge, might hit Joe over every 80. day, every day, man. And, and, the, there, for those this road, for those who don't know, there are it's it's like a lowered highway, so there's walls up on this on the shoulders, <laughs> so there's nowhere there's no speed trap that is even possible. Well, so, on the ramps, but, yeah, just I can't get pulled over. There's once. nowhere. There's never speed traps on the lodge. They can't pull you over, so everyone it's like anyway. NASCAR down there, man. It's everybody's <laughs> flying fast. Anyway. <laughs> The cops are they're afraid to pull anybody over. They're, they're, oh, that's crazy. No, I did get busted once, though. I was leaving Henry Ford, and I uh, went to visit somebody, and the guy was sitting on the ramp and, uh, and oh, you know, at the next exit. And, and he, oh, I think yeah, I on the ramps. I get you on yeah, the ramps. Get, yeah, but very rarely, that. I drove that lodge for, I think, 15 years. A long time, Joel. It was like 15 years of going up the lodge and I never got a ticket in 15 years. And I tell you, I was driving 20 over the majority of the time. So <laughs> sorry, Spencer. It's okay. Spencer's uh, really going to get mad. At no, no, we'll, we'll do one more. I think if we have time in the, and then we'll do, uh, we'll get to our guest here, but let's do TXN here. Cause this one's actually moving uh, or moving movement. Time. Yeah. We actually have movement here. Texas instruments. Uh, the earnings were okay. They beat by two cents. Oh. The sales were a little bit light. The midpoint of the guidance that they gave for uh, Q4 uh, sales did come in 
below the estimates. So they're going to like hang their hat on that today, that the midpoint of the, the of their guidance range was a little bit on the, on the light side. Um, but other than that, it was kind of an okay, again, the sales missed. So unlike the rest of these reports today, it, it was actually a mixed report. It did. They didn't just blow it away. Um, yeah. Dennis, how did you do on this one yesterday? I don't want to bring it up. Oh, I got it actually opened higher, Joel. I don't know what it was doing. So it traded down the entire pre-market off Logitech. Spencer Israel give with the call there. Um, that I was I, I was like, why is Texas Instruments down? And then we're like, oh yeah, lot. He says Logitech. I was like, oh yeah. So anyways, Logitech had got killed in Europe. We talked Logitech and Texas Instruments down. Somehow Texas Instruments opened higher. So it actually opened up at 200. You can see quickly. I so see that's it. just, you know, your relationship-based traders. Um, I happen to be long it overnight. So thank you very much for getting me out green that on was... the thing. Unbelievably. And you can see how quickly it sold off um, from in that opening candle. Because with Logitech trading down, I had no, no business opening higher. But it did. Somebody not respecting the relationship again. Basically sold off all day. And then sold off after the earnings report as well. So I got out on the open. Then we look back at it. I Did you dig out the, overall? I got out of the open and I actually shorted the open. So Did I you dig got, out? I sold long and got short. And then it came in a little bit. So it actually ended up working out okay for me. Um, again, I covered too soon. Obviously, wish I still had it at 187. So I have no position on it now. Uh, what were you asking me? Did you dig out overall? Yeah, I think I ended up green. It wasn't great, though. Like, I barely ended up green if I did. It was really close. So I was in a big hole. All My right. biggest hole yesterday was uh, what I get hit on the earnings. Isn't that funny? You lose a whole pile of money in something. I can't remember what it was. Uh, oh, it's hilarious. hilarious. I got stuck along that thing into the earnings report. It was down 10 by I lost 10 points on that. I sold it. You eat the loss and you move on. But anyway, it's not fun when you lose 10 points on something. And I was short UPS. I got the double whammy on earnings. So... UPS rip, but but I had the UPS FedEx pair on, so it ended up I didn't yeah, lose anything on the UPS because when you're doing these exotic, you know, it's a straight up pair, but when the one reports and the ones already reported, you got to hedge it heavy. So I did three to one, so I had short UPS and I did three times more FedEx, and the hedge worked perfectly. And so I actually ended up making a little bit of money despite my UPS actually moving higher. The lot, the there's nothing Polaris. I just ended up losing ten points. It sucked. All I right, pre, real quick, we got to get Eric on. Pre-market yeah. low, 186.58. You're just kind of hanging there. Uh, but I'm not going to make the same mistake that I said uh, in LMT yesterday. I thought I saw some lows oh on gosh. the chart. I got killed on that. I know. With the long-term uh, account. The next... <laughs> The one uh, next daily low that comes into play is uh, 186.52. Actually, I'll, I'll call this 187 like two star support. So that's it. Uh, and this is the low of the move. It's giving it all back. Whew, this is maybe a payday for anyone that got caught short here. We'll see what happens. See if the pre market low holds. All right. It is 836. Let's bring on today's guest, Eric Kroll, founder of Kroll Asset Management, also co author of the Life Cycle Trade. Eric, good morning, sir. Good morning, guys. It's good to see you guys again. Good to have you back. It's been far too long. How, how, how are things hanging for you? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. 
One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming, I wish I'd used Indeed. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility all at Indeed.com P-R-E-P. Just go to Indeed.com P-R-E-P right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com P-R-E-P. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Things are going great. Uh, I, I did some uh, research this summer with a summer intern I hired. Her name was Allison Pekoski. She was a freshman uh, from uh, Northwestern. So we did a lot of work on SPACs. I included some of that information today in uh, what I'm going to oh, show. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So let's start. Before with our... we get started, I have one question. Have yes. you had a Portofino hot dog? What? Uh, I mean, a Portillo's. Portillas. Joel. Joel says it wrong, but Eric knows that too. He knows everything. He even knew it. Joel's saying it wrong. I, I, I had one. I even had one last week, Chicago style. And no ketchup, only mustard, just the way you're supposed to have it. Okay. All right. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Take it away, Eric. No, I was going to bring up the first thing here. So, Eric, I like this chart. It puts the year in context for us. Because um, I think we've all observed anecdotally that it's been a really hot year for IPOs. But, uh, uh, this just shows how hot. I mean, it, not only is it uh, uh, hot in terms of numbers, one thing that's not shown there is more than half of those were SPACs. And so most of those SPACs that came out this year as IPOs have not found a merger partner yet. So there's 843 IPOs, um, over 400 of them are SPACs. They're still looking for partners to come. So there's only like 360 or so stocks that IPO the traditional way. Uh, so they're dominating. Specs are dominating the numbers, both okay. in uh, the number of companies and also in the capital. That's interesting. Okay, so it, if you take out the the blank check IPOs, it's actually a relatively normal year. Yeah, that's a good point. It's a yeah. little bit higher than normal, but not too much. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Okay. All right. Um, let's get into into performance here, because uh, again, it, it feels like to me just anecdotally that a lot of the IPOs, the big ones we've seen, are, are really on the struggle bus hard. Uh, what can you tell us about the performance of, of these things after they open? You're right. Again, they, uh, most of them uh, come out and have trouble. And as I show there in the middle column, uh, they're, nor they're doing worse than what we found from uh, 1982 to 2017 when in, uh, we found in our research of over 2,000 uh, IPOs 55% undercut their day one low within three weeks. Now it's like 65%, almost two thirds. Um, and then after 39 weeks, it's still about the same, about 84%. So, you know, I always talk about patience when I come on the show where there's no reason to get so excited and jump in on day one because most of the time you're going to get a better price within the next three weeks. Yeah, that's true. But I, I look at this table uh, and I see, okay, it's, it's not too far off or maybe it wasn't this table actually maybe it was the yeah it, no it's not too far off from historical averages uh i mean 39 weeks you're basically in line so really it's just weakness right off the bat right off the bat yeah yep. okay um 
let's look at some of the best performers of the year. Uh, yeah, because not look at the, look I, at the industry. Not, look look yeah. how it's dominated by computer software. Um, the vast majority are some sort of computer software type. The ones that have done well, okay. And then those three finance credit card payment type uh, companies up there. Um, and these uh, stocks, many of them that are listed here, have not only done well. Uh, they've also pulled back already some. So you can, if you were to pull up these individual charts, you would see that some of them were up even more, but have pulled back relatively significantly. The, well, and, and talk about that. I mean, when these stocks, you know, obviously these IPOs being the best performers, do you typically see, um, if you follow the stats through, like, you know, when you do get a dip on some of these, that the strong gets stronger, that some of these best IPOs eventually make new highs again? Um, what we have found is that the stocks that double within the first 90 days, those have the chance after they correct for a while and then base out uh, of going on for bigger gains. We found that um, there's not that many stocks that go on for, let's say, 500% gains, but the ones who gain 100% within the first 90 days are more than twice as likely as the average IPO to go up 500% eventually. What about on the opposite end of it? And I don't know if you're getting to that or not, but the ones that underperform, do those ones eventually come back or do you see the underperformers continue to remain weak? It's it's more the latter. The, the ones that underperform early tend to usually not do very well. Some can um, be late bloomers, but the vast majority that don't do well in the beginning end up uh, underperforming overall. I see a couple of names that we that we know, uh, like we've talked about Dutch Bros. We've talked about a firm, one, but but I got to say, I the, the ZIM at the top of the list there, yeah. I haven't noticed that one. So that's shipping, maybe yeah. so integrated shipping. I don't. It has to do that. with shipping. It had everything to do with the supply chain problems and uh, people looking for containers because a lot of the containers are out on the sea waiting on a, on barges or waiting on big ships, and you know, so they need containers everywhere. All right. Eric, we know that you like IPOs that trade with a certain amount of, of, of volume, dollar yes. volume. Um, so what, I, what IPOs uh, of, of late are on your watch list? Well, I think I have a slide that shows those. There they are. Um, I'm watching Unity Software. And um, Unity has an interesting pattern. It had its IPO advance. You can see that quick run up. And then it corrected and based. It did not, this is one of the rare ones that did not undercut its IPO day one low. And it's forming a nice cup there. And uh, it's gone long enough now that I'd say it's done with its institutional due diligence phase. And I expect it to uh, run into some trouble if it can get near the old high. And then if it can break out from that in heavy volume, that would be one I'd be very interested in. Um, Coinbase, uh, that looks like a, the classic pump and dump. It comes out really high, drops down, gets cut almost in half, and then bases around for a while. It looks like a good institutional due diligence phase, and it's uh, bounced off the bottom a little bit. It broke above that middle section there. Uh, that would be the first attempt where you could um, have a buy, and I expect that if this can keep rising, it should also run into trouble around its old high. And um, and from there, if you can break through that and go on in heavy volume, that would be a good buy. Um, and then Monday, uh, that stock um, looks a little bit like the way Google formed its first base. Uh, it came out, went uh, sideways for a while, then broke out in heavy volume, went very fast in its IPO advance. And now it's basing, forming some sort of like uh, flat base to a small cup base. And uh, I expect that to run into some a little bit of turbulence near the old high and hopefully break out above that. So I'm watching these three with a lot of interest. 
Yeah. So just to be clear, you, they're on your watch list. You're, you don't own any of them now, but you could be interested. Well, I will disclose I own some uh, Unity. I, I bought some of that when I broke above that 200-day moving average line, the black line there. And I have some coin calls uh, hoping for a breakout soon. So we'll see. I don't own Monday at all. Okay. What about Robinhood? Robinhood. Uh, I've been watching that one. I, I have, have not taken a position in it at all. Um, did it just have earnings yesterday? And yeah, last night. yeah, last night. Yeah, last night. It did, which we didn't Completely. talk about, but they disappointed. I thought it could. I thought the low bar. I thought maybe Robinhood could get over the low bar. Nope. Yeah, the, the Robinhood crypto is trading fell substantially, and that's why they ha- hammered it. They actually hit Coinbase off that too, even before Bitcoin was selling off last night. So crypto it, trading uh, volumes fell substantially. That's why Hood's down. Yeah, Robinhood has a chart that looks like a lot of spacs. The the quick run up. Uh, the quick fall and then just slowly dies out. I mean, the, the, we call those one-hit wonders. Um, it's in a long due diligence phase now. That could take months to a year before it ever becomes something investable again. Did you oh, yeah. ever? Yeah, obviously, I just wanted one more on Robinhood. I mean, have you ever seen an insider's sell so quickly after an IPO? I think it was on the fifth day. Have wow. you ever? I mean, I, I've just been in shock. Ever since that, I mean, and that stock never recovered from that day. So maybe never. I'll wait for some insider buys on that one. I, I just, I, I, I don't know how that. Robin, who was direct listing, wasn't it though? Yes, it was. Yeah. And that's why they can sell right away. Yeah. 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 Yep. Um, they were smart. Yeah. <laughs> those uh, insiders, they they follow those guys. They're pretty smart. Yeah. Okay, I, I want to go here. Uh, this next slide, I think, uh, is self-evident, right? We, we know this. Uh, SPAC, you know, has three phases. It IPOs, they announce a merger, then it completes. But this next slide afterwards is really, I think, uh, is what what is of interest here. So uh, it's hard to see some of these numbers here. Oh, they must have got messed up a little bit. Yeah, Sorry so we're going to have to just, uh, you know, uh, you're going to have to say that loud. But we're looking at the performance of SPACs at each phase of this IPO slash merger process. Uh, yeah, so, cool. so interpret this for us. Okay. What I'm trying to say there is um, in the beginning, uh, that phase from when the IPO is first comes out as a SPAC and they have not announced anything up until the announcement, SPACs have gained a median uh, 8.5%. That's that first number that's hard to read. Median okay. being half the SPACs do better than that. Half of them do below that. Uh, the mean is 18.8%, but that's skewed by the fact that there's some. And if you look at the left again, from the time they announced the merger to the actual date of the merger, it's they have gained and maybe can't see it, but it's 1.2% as the median. Um, on average, it's 12.6%, again, skewed by some large ones. And then, but the most interesting thing is wow. from the merger until now, and now being September 7th when we did the data, they have dropped uh, median 24%. Right. Half have done worse than 24%, half have wow. done better. And so, this, well, I just want to say the, the the left here, the left chart is the is the median. Yes. The right chart is the average. So the, these these will be skewed by outliers. So this is the one that we probably prefer to look at. Exactly. Um, on the left hand side. So so in the median, the median spec performance between uh, the announcement of the merger and the closing of the merger is up one percent. You got it. That's okay. exactly right. And then from the yeah. day the merger actually uh, commences till like September seventh of this year, on average they lost or median they lost twenty four percent. 
So, and if you if you look at the whole chart on the left, from the very beginning until the end, you add up the percentages, and you can see in general the median they've lost, you know, like sixteen to seventeen percent. So these are for this is going back how far? This is just for SPACs this year. These are all the SPACs that we had in the database going back. Uh, we had over three hundred twenty-four uh, that went back even as many as five years or so. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, okay. So this is pretty encompassing of, of the recent SPAC trend. Okay. So yeah. that's what I was asking. If it was just this year, if it was last year, because last year was, was also nuts. So, okay. And, and again, we've, we've observed this ourselves. It's nice to see some data. So the median performance of a SPAC between the time the, the, the blank check goes public and then you get all these rumors and speculation about what they're going to buy and, mm-hmm. and, and, and then they announce, but between the, the IPO on the announcement is actually a good time to buy according to this data. And then you sell on the announcement. Um, yeah, you, it would say that, right? Yeah. You, you could, if you were really fast, yeah. if you had fast rules and you somehow were able to get in right before the announcement and then sell soon after that, you could do even better. But here I'm taking like a little bit more of the longer term approaches because you never know when uh, the announcement's going to come. Uh, and then you never really know how fast these things are going to fall. But yeah, if you were to hold on for a little bit longer, you actually do nothing. You just you this one point two percent from the announcement until until the completion of the merger it shows you that you're really not doing anything. Yeah, great point by Chris Cacci, uh, our SPAC guy in the chat too. Uh, the, the the vote date is also like in between here, right? In between the uh, the merger announcement and the merger closing is the is the vote date. That's right. all. That can also be a pretty big catalyst. So. Uh, I'd be curious to see what the data is there because I bet you there's some interesting numbers on that front. So, yeah. uh, g- g- great point, Chris. Um, okay, and then there was there was like one more. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you're cherry picking the worst ones here, but these are these are the these are the bad ones. Surprisingly, I'm not cherry picking the worst ones. I could have picked any one of a hundred different spacs for those other three in the quadrant. I picked DWAC because that got all the publicity, okay. but. Uh, I, it was not hard to find three that looked like uh, Immunovant and Romeo Power or Lordstown. I, I could have picked any one of another hundred. Okay. And, yeah, this just, just shows what we've seen, right? This just shows in, in short form what the previous table showed, right? Exactly. Just, you know, the, the run-up, when did that happen? Happened before the, the merger was uh, was uh, was closed. Merger closed. Sell-off. But, uh uh, uh, Moral of story is sell your peanuts while the circus is in town, right? Or <laughs> or, pops. or wait, or, or wait, or wait, or have a long time horizon. This is the other one. I don't know. The long time horizon looks like I'm losing 24%. <laughs> we gotta Maybe ask the time him about isn't uh, long enough yet. We gotta ask him about our hometown hometown stock, uh Rocket. Rocket. I've been watching that for you guys. That one, um, it had a quick run-up. And it's just never been able to come back. And to me, it's still in the due diligence phase. And uh, it looks a little bit like the other ones there where it, it had like a, uh, you know, like a three-day wonder. And then it uh, bounced down and then it's been selling off. It, right now, I see that it's still in the due diligence phase. I want to see it uh, form off this bottoming base here at some point, at least a 30% uptrend, then form another kind of a base and then break out. Um, it did undercut its IPO low. Um you know, it's been a, it's been a little bit, um, for my mind, a disappointment after that quick run-up. Well, a little bit. It got uh, reddited that one day, uh, but when it went over forty. But uh, Eric, I, I just can't thank you enough 
for coming on the show and the work that you do and the information, the education that you provide to our investors. I mean, it's unparalleled. It really is. And I just want to thank you and, uh, and hope to get, start getting you back on, uh, back on the show a little bit more often. Well, thanks, Joel. I know you invited me one time in the summer this year, but I wasn't able to make it then, but I'm back and I appreciate uh, the kind words and love being here. All right, Eric Cole, founder of the uh, co-author of the Life Cycle Trade, founder Thanks, of Cole Asset Management. Uh, Eric, always a pleasure. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Good to right. see you guys. Uh, real quick, I I have to hop in a few because we have our small cap. No. Oh, but before I do that, I just want to go to Robinhood. Let, let's go back to Robinhood because we didn't give you the numbers. Uh, this was an, a situation. I'll tell you what this is about. Dennis said it was crypto revenue, crypto trading revenue. Uh, this company is coming off the best quarter in their history by a mile. If you were to look at a chart of Robinhood's uh, like revenue, it would look like ba 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 ba. Or here we go this way. Ba 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 ba. Spike up, huge spike up. Yeah. And now back down to earth a little bit. That's yeah. what's happening here, right? Because objectively, if you compare these numbers year over year, they're good. If you compare them quarter over quarter, they're not, right? Because yeah. they they just came off like the best quarter they've ever had. By a mile. And so, that crypto frenzy that we had really, right. you know, maybe accelerated that. The crypto, you know, with you know, the dog coin and all the other ones going. Right. So obviously I just, you know, I cherry picked that number out of it, you know, and obviously right. so, um, so crypto he, trading did not, it, it dropped substantially from the previous quarter. But if you're looking year over year, number, you're saying right. so here's it's the still number, going up. Here's the number that everyone's, everyone's going to say today is that crypto trading revenue between from Q2 to Q3 fell 78%. <laughs> That's why they hammered it. Yes, but again, but it was unrealized. It was it had it was went so high. Spencer is what you're yeah, saying too. Yes. To try to compete with that number was going to be impossible. Yes. Also, there was supposed to be a lockup today, but I, the the filing said that the conditions for the lockup were not met. So there's going to be a lockup. Uh, there is no lockup today. I'm just going to say that there was a lockup. I think. November tenth. All right. So nobody, no insiders can sell here. The filing, the filing said there was there was a lockup dependent right. on certain market conditions that were not met. Can so, you get the insiders on the show that um, sold on this day? Could you just to get their opinion on things? <laughs> I, I think it was Sequoia. <sighs> it was. They're smart. Uh, I'm just going to give you an area, an interesting area. Sure. You had a daily low at thirty five thirty on August second. That is actually the. St- the uh, third lowest low it's ever made. Your pre-market low is 35, 34.70. You're a buck above it. I mean, I don't know. It just kind of feels like it's bid. It looked, to me, that chart looks like it's bid, and it's going to have a hard time going back down there. But uh, all-time low is a double bottom, 33 and a quarter. And it next day, I believe it was thir- it did 33 and a quarter, thir- 33. That's a lot of threes. 33, 35, and 33 and a quarter. If you want to try and buy the old time low, I'm going to just say it again. And you can see the chart, you know, when you're looking at the top right chart, when this stock went from 35 to 85 in two days. When your stock starts doubling and it's hot on social media in it and it doubles over 24 hours. You got to take some off the table, if not the whole thing off the table. And you're never going to get the top, but you know what? You won't get caught holding the bag and giving all your profits back. So I think, again, the Harlan Pine saying, sell your peanuts while the circus is in town applies to anything. If your stock gets hot and social media just happens to get hot, like, you know, I own like 80, 90 stocks. The odd time, all of a sudden, there's talking about one of my stocks in social media and the stocks rip roaring and rallying. That's 
a gift from the trading gods, to, so to speak. I mean, and yeah, you take yeah. those gifts. It was like CRSR. I talked about that one before. Um, I had it from 40 or something like $38 and it leaked and leaked and leaked. And all of a sudden I came in one day and it's up 30% because it's the hottest stock on Reddit. No fundamental reason for it. Just Reddit is talking about the stock. So I sold that morning. It's never looked back. I sold at $40 that morning. It's never looked back. A bunch of insiders sold that day too because they're saying the same thing. There's no reason for a stock to be up here. So when your stock gets so hot on social media and everybody's talking about it, those are better selling opportunities than they are buying opportunities. All right. I have to hop because in four minutes, our our next small cap conference is happening. I am today's MC. So I, oh will see you, I will see you all there. And afterwards, I will see you. We are doing at the close today with Joel at 3.30. So that'll be our next normal show today, 3.30. So we have a few minutes left. We'll do some ticker time. Mitch can come on and bring Mitch, home Mitch. and uh, save, save us. Save the show. Save the show, Mitch. Save our show. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll follow Mitch. You know you won't. <laughs> he laughs he's like they never we follow mitch <laughs> what's going on team mitch, how are we doing buddy you got ticker time it's we're throwing it to you give us give us go back and forth give us two tickers each all right two tickers let's go ahead uh gm it's first ticker i'm seeing in the chat i might as well take this one i was okay. nervous into the report i actually sold my stock at 355 yesterday um for the simple reason is that i've had two and it's probably because I've been smacked on two of my value stocks. I got smacked on Lockheed Martin and I got smacked on Intel. And I'm like, they are not liking any value stocks, it seems like, into these dang reports. And I'm like, I'm not going to let my, I bought it at $49. I'm not going to let my GM gain, like I slip away, like I let my Lockheed Martin gain slip away. So I sold my GM yesterday, right, at, right before the close, right around like 57 and change. Um, it went up uh, uh, pre-market and I was like, oh man, you know, I did that wrong too, but it's starting to leak here now. I will rebuy this stock if it gets into the low 50s. I still have all my Ford. I kept all my Ford, but it's just this turn against value names in the last, you know, short while, especially on earnings reports. Um, I don't know if IBM started this, you know, but IBM's obviously continued to leak and I've got some value names in there and I just wanted a little less value exposure. So I took my gain in GM. So it's good to see the love in the chat. That's what I like to see. Let's keep it going here. Let's go with the next one. ENPH being mentioned by multiple people in the chat. Huge, huge report, y'all. Earnings. Which one? ENPH. And uh, solar, baby. Solar, solar. What, what I've been saying. Seasonality what? in solar. Well, this is what you do on this one. You keep an eye on that pre-market high, wherever that is. And uh, it's 208 right now. You get follow through through 208. You have absolutely no business selling or being short the stock. I'll throw a caveat in there. If it goes up to 208, 20, it goes 29, 210, comes back down through 208, I wouldn't want to own it. That's all I can give you on that one. All right. We'll see if these continue. Let's keep going. Rapid fire. Next up, we're going to go with Visa being mentioned in the chat. Uh, earnings. And again, it goes to, you know, this, you know, the, the growth isn't there for a stock like Visa. And the report was fine. It actually lifted initially on the report, but then they said something or something on the conference call. I can't remember what they said, but it started to go down and it started to leak um, since. I mean, these aren't the sexy names that people are buying. They're moving into SoFi. They're moving into different names here. I own some MasterCard. Like I said, I've had it basically since birth, I feel like. It's one of my longest holdings um, ever. Um, I haven't owned Visa for a long time. 
I, I don't know. It's just not it, right now. The market wants is back into sexy again. You know, Tesla is leading the sexy rally. What's the mm-hmm. hot story? Visa, IBM, even Lockheed Martin. They're not hot, sexy stories. Are the stocks cheap? Visa isn't even necessarily cheap. You know, Lockheed Martin is cheap, but again, supply chain issues that's setting that too. Value names are just not in favor right now. I got a hop. Want, I got growth. I got a hop. I got a Joel Kalina coming on pre market prep plus at the top of the Ooh, show. So okay. I'm gonna hop and uh, I just got asked. Yeah, I just got to talk to him about these media stocks. I mean, that's where he's at. So see y'all over there. I'll do one All more. Right. I'll do one more. No worries. I'll get my chart up so we don't lose charts here. Uh, can put my charts up here. There. There we go. What do you want to talk about, Dennis? Anything on your radar out there? Um, well, I talked to Apple yesterday. Apple's obviously going to go into this report Thursday. I may hedge my Apple. I'm very nervous about it. I'm not selling my Apple, but yeah, I might I, hedge I, it somehow with options for the simple reason is that I, I'm really scared of supply chain issues here. And I know they've said, you know, already that you know, they're going to have issues with that. Um, I just don't know if it's all priced in. Spencer thinks it's priced in. I'm not 100% sure it's priced in. I'm somewhat nervous about this Apple report. I said it yesterday. I'm going to say it again tomorrow. Um, going in, I may hedge myself with options. I'm not hedged yet. I'm wide open. Um, I'm not selling my long-term shares that I've had for a decade, but I might hedge a little bit. So I haven't decided how I'm going to do that yet. Um, so yeah, so that was Apple. So people were asking about that in the chat. Um, a lot of these other tickers, I actually don't know. I don't know if they're smaller cap names. All right. I'm just going to give a couple. Uh, so here, BGFV, I want to see if it continues today. Uh, Which stock? I got in on last week, Thursday. Uh, BGFV. Big five. Yeah, big five. A little sporting action. Um, got in on this candle right here. Um, we had a strong day, and then we had a pullback. I want to see it continue this move. Hold 2450 on any pullbacks. Get back up there towards that resistance which would be up there towards 2650 for the breakout. As we've seen multiple times, this stock has had these peaks. Let's see what happens now, if we can get another move. All right, guys, that's going to do it for us on pre-market prep. We would go through a whole bunch of stocks, but guess what? We got something coming up next. We got the small cap conference. There's a stock that even went 68% yesterday in after hours. So stay tuned for GHSI. I'll see you next time, Dennis. Like always, go nail it. Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.